Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Often duplicated, never replicated. You're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network. KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network, visit our website at www.oneblueraven.weebly.com. Welcome to the March 16th, 2014 edition of FOJC Radio Church. I am David Carrico, and for the next two hours, we are going to be talking with Daniel and Diane Reedy. We're going to be 
breaking from our usual format this morning for an interview that we believe that the Lord has orchestrated. And we're very, very thankful and looking forward to this morning. And we're going to be opening this morning in prayer. We have a lot of listeners that are sick this morning and that have life-changing situations that are going on. So let's just take time this morning and let's just ask the Lord's help. Father, we do thank you for the chance to be together this morning. Lord, there are so many listening this morning that need a physical touch from you. Lord, we believe that the blood shed on Calvary's cross is not only for our salvation but for our healing. We ask that you would touch this morning and heal those that need that touch. We ask this morning, Lord, that you would encourage those that need encouragement. Lord, we just ask that you help us this morning in this broadcast, that you would just let come forth this morning that which you would want to come forth. We just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit just anoint us this morning with a spirit of humility and a spirit of repentance that our hearts might be made right for that work that you would want to do in our lives this morning. And Lord, we just want to give you the praise this morning for everything good that comes forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And I just want to announce this morning that we will not be taking Skype calls this morning that you can email or post questions in the chat. And also, I want to give a shout-out this morning to all our listeners and to Rick and Annie from American Voice Radio. We love those guys over there. And without further ado, we want to prepare our hearts for this morning with a song. So let's worship the Lord this morning. And we're going to be right back with Daniel and Diane Reedy. We are very, very thankful to have Daniel and Diane Reedy with us. Good morning, folks. <laughs> okay, Diane. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hi there. Are you with us, Daniel and Diane, this morning? Yeah. All right. Our phone just started ringing. Okay. All right. Well, if we didn't have a little bit of opposition, we wouldn't feel like we were doing anything <laughs> right at all. So right. we're glad that you're both on board, and we are so very, very thankful to have you with us this morning, and we are going really looking forward to this. And to set the program up this morning, we are going to play the audio clip of Diana that was postal all over the internet and the national news media last October 16th. So we're going to play that clip and then we're going to bring Donna and Diana on to talk about that. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. The greatest deception here is this is not one nation under God. It never was. Had it been, it would not have been no. It would not have been. Constitution would not have been written by Freemasons. They go against God. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Praise be to God, Lord Jesus Christ. 
And there it was, the utterance that shocked the world. (laughs) And Diane, I sure would like to welcome you. And I just felt so compelled after I heard Diane uh, speak those words that I wrote her a letter. And I knew it would take several months for it to get to her, but it did finally. So praise God. And so, Diane, I'd just like to find out... Um, some things that led up to what happened in October. So I'll give you the mic right ahead. Okay. Well, um, we had just come off a break in August, so a month-long break, and um, everything was going well. Family, you know, job, everything was going well. And um, early September, um, I just started having more of an awareness um, of a lot of just um, a higher sensitivity of things that were going on with um, our country, our uh, our government, um, and, and a lot of the, you know, just a lot of satanic stuff going on in our society, in our culture. Uh, just was being more and more um, introduced to what's really happening in our country, especially on that level. Um, it was very alarming to me. I was going through a really hard time struggling with just um, a lot of warfare um, at that point. Didn't really know where it was coming from. And, uh, and, and then I just started, the Lord just started getting me into the Word. And I, I was not a disciplined person that I would you know, set aside time at you know an hour a day to be in the word um i just uh but i had this this burden to to be in in the word and 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 press into the lord and um especially at that time because i had really some a little bit of fear because of what i was being exposed to um just really in the in the in the demonic realm um in, in, on many different levels at that point, and I couldn't really pinpoint it. I'd try to discuss it with with Danny, my husband, but um, at that point, I really felt like the Lord was kind of just drawing me to Him, um, and so I would start to get up in the middle of the night. I'd go to sleep, and I'd wake up, uh, you know, two o'clock in the morning. I'd get up, and I knew that the Lord wanted me in the Word, so I would come downstairs and and just be just reading the word and the word just was coming to life i mean it was there was such an anointing that i i just couldn't get enough of it and it was really um revelation that i was being drawn to but also the prophets uh being drawn to uh joel jeremiah isaiah and it was just again such a there was such an urgency in my spirit because it was just it was so alive. I just really felt like the Lord was jumping out, you know, the words were jumping out of the page. The Lord was just speaking a message to me so strongly, and um, I couldn't. I mean, I was able to function. You know, I'd go to work after just a few hours of sleep each night. I'm an eight to nine hour a night sleep you know, girl, and uh, but I was able to function at my job. And this went on for a couple of weeks. But really, about a week before um, October 16th, it was just getting more and more intense. And um, my husband was kind of, you know, just saying, what's, what's going on with you? 
And I try to tell him little bits and pieces of just about things that were, you know, going on, um, you know, just in our culture and um, things that I was finding out reading about, you know, unrelated really to, to my job or anything. But he, you know, um, my, the urgency was on me and I was starting to realize I was kind of trying to warn people, this is what's going on in the music industry. This is what your children are being exposed to. And I'm sounding the alarm, the house is on fire, and you know nobody seems to be paying attention to me. So um, I really just started again, like I said, just really pressing into the Lord and, and letting the panic subside and you know letting the Lord really speak to me. Um, and so as uh, about a week before, as I said, uh, Danny and I were having a conversation, and Danny just looked at me and he just said, "Wow, God is going to use the court stenographer." And I didn't really know what that meant, but it was. Uh, but I knew at that point that God was going to have a message for me. The taker down. The taker down of the words, you know. Yeah. Um, the scribe. The scribe. Yes, exactly. So at any rate, um, again, now at this point, I'm I'm you know going to sleep. I was just putting the DVD of the Bible on so that I could just fall asleep to the Word and just be. Um, just in the word, even when I'm sleeping or when I was awake. And the amazing thing is, my children wanted to sit up with me. We have twins that are uh, that were seven at the time, and they wanted to sit up with me. And they were just sitting there, glued to the the TV, the Word of God, as if it was, you know, a, a Disney movie. You know, just glued to it. And then at one point, my one seven-year-old came over to me and said, "You know, mommy, can I read you my favorite scripture?" And she opens the Bible, and I'm expecting it to be, you know. Um, John 3.16, you know, the ones that they study and they learn and they memorize. But no, it was Revelation chapter 12. And I am pretty heavy for a seven-year-old, you know. And she started reading it to me. And this is what I mean. I mean, just the Holy Spirit was just even working in my children. And uh, so uh, this went on um, and uh, up till a couple of days before. Um, I started to know at that point, I knew that we were going to go back to... Um, the vote was going to be occurring for the government uh, shutdown to be lifted and the um, debt ceiling to be raised. And God just started, you know, revealing to me little by little, you know, that he was going to speak through me. Um, and I, I started figuring out, he started letting me know when it was going to be as far as just at the time of the vote. Um, I didn't know at that point. No one knew when the vote was going to occur, whether it was going to be Tuesday the 15th or Wednesday the 16th. And so it was just the beginning of just that dying to my flesh. I had It was just a constant battle with the Lord. And I, my constant, constant prayer was, Lord, crucify my flesh because I, I can't do this. You know, I can't do this in my flesh. And I know it wasn't meant for me to do. It was going to be him doing it through me. But here I was sacrificing my job, sacrificing what I thought was going to be my freedom, sacrificing what I thought was going to be my family, um, <clears throat> my whole way of life, because I, I, I thought I probably would end up in jail. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that things weren't going to be the same afterwards. And um, in my flesh, you know, I was dying to my flesh, that process. And of course, you know, Danny's, I wasn't letting him in on what was going on. It was something between the Lord and me. And obviously, as understandably, I couldn't confide to my husband that I was going to 
be getting up at some point and speaking a word of, from the Lord that I didn't know what it was, you know? So um, I was very emotional. I was just, I was, you know, dying, truly just a, a death to my flesh, a death with my family, you know, giving, you know, just, I would be emotional around my children and because I just didn't know if I was going to see them again. I, I just, I didn't know. And I that's the point that was the last giving over of myself to the Lord was, was my, my family situation. And, you know, Lord, you come first, you know what, God, you, you're calling me to do something and I will do it. Just kill, just crucify my flesh. And, uh, so that's where that's where I was right up until the last day. This it didn't happen the fifteenth, and each as it got closer, I was kind of I just wanted to get this over with, you know. I just wanted this angst and the anxiety to go away, and it didn't happen on the fifteenth. The vote didn't take place. The sixteenth, I knew was going to take place the sixteenth because it was uh, it had to take place the sixteenth. That was the deadline uh, for the debt limit, the seventeenth. And I took my daughters to to work with me that day, um, just because I felt like I just wanted to have them with me, um, just for a couple of hours until my husband was able to pick them up. And I took them up, you know, when I'm allowed to do is when I had access to uh, the floor, I was able to take them up to the speaker's lounge. And I just had the three of us just read, you know, the chapters, the three chapters of the prophet of Joel and, um, you yeah, know, in the speaker's lounge. And, um, and then my husband showed up and, and took the girls and uh, just I just was weeping, weeping. And the last thing that he said to me was, I'm sorry. You know, he just could tell I was I'm struggling with something, but he didn't know what it was. Well, I'm sure that even through all of this, the enemy was speaking to you as well. So what were some of the things that uh, the accuser of the brethren was saying to you? Well, it was, um, there was spiritual warfare like I, I had never experienced in my life. It was, um, uh, you know, some of it I can't really talk about, uh, but, um, you know, I, a lot of the lies were that I would lose my family, that I would lose my freedom, because obviously none of that has happened. But um, the things that were causing me the fear, um, but I just felt such such a demonic, such an evil presence around me that that last day, um, and I found myself um, al alone, isolating myself to deal with it. You know, um, because I, I knew I couldn't run from it. I had to deal with you know the demonic forces that were coming against me um, through individuals, through spirit, and um, but it was again, it was just part of that that dying to my flesh and, 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 and a boldness. And one of the things that I'd asked my husband to pray for, for me was boldness, just, just give, to pray that I would have boldness. And, and he did, and I did. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, even, in that, even in that warfare, you know, the, the Lord had given me such boldness to confront, you know, while there was, uh, you know, a little bit of trembling in my flesh, in my spirit, uh, you know, there was overcoming. I knew that there was nothing that was going to stop me at that point. You know, I knew, you know, what I was going to be dealing with, but it wasn't going to stop the Lord. I was giving in my, I knew that by, you know, my prayer being crucified my flesh, that he would crucify my flesh. And, um, 
but that was the most intense part, the, the warfare and the lies that the enemy was throwing at me uh, about my family, and it was, it was just brutal. It was brutal. But I think the, the thing that was foremost in my mind was um, the anxiety of not knowing how this message would be delivered and, um, you know, just the uncertainty of it, you know. And as you know, I mean, God is sometimes 11th hour, but he's never late. And he was definitely 11th hour with me because I had to go totally on faith, you know. Um, when I looked at the schedule and, and uh, as we said, in, we said this in our video, there was a one in seven chance that I was going to be exactly in that lineup uh, to be the one that would be on the floor during that vote. And, um, and I knew that I would be that reporter, even though there was no way to know. We were all kept in the dark as to what time we were going to be back in session. There's seven reporters, so Diana's in a, a rotation of seven reporters, and she was the right one at the right time, according to the will of the Lord. Yes, and I know that during this time, I... I believe if it was me, I'd be experiencing this, but um, the accuser is so evil. First he puts those thoughts in our mind, mm -hmm. and then he makes us feel guilty for having those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know that there had to be some time along here where you wondered if you were crazy and if it was really God's voice. You know, um, at the time... I, I wasn't, um, you know, afterwards, absolutely. I mean, you know, after this all happened, yeah, there are times where I would question was that God's voice was, you know, it was there some truth to, uh, you know, what the psychiatrists were saying. Um, but my husband was always, you know, my, my rock there, you know, the Lord would use him to encourage me and say, you know, no, no, Diane, this was the word of God. But no, you know what, at the time, um, I, I think if I had any of those thought those thoughts at that time, it, it probably would have I would have might have called in sick that day. You know, um, I, I felt so strongly that it was the Lord and that He would have His way, and I just had to walk through this haunted house. You know, basically to get to you know to get to that point where the Lord would speak through me. And I might add as well, um, David and Donna, that that the enemy came strong uh, to cause division between us leading up to this and afterwards you know um the the marriage vow and uh the relationship between a husband and a wife is a sacred thing in the eyes of the lord and the enemy as we can see has used that in a mighty way to bring division between the family and disruption to the family and and that took place yep. um at that time and uh, with a lot of deception and lies. And um, so, you know, uh, it, it wasn't clear sailing at home through all of this. <laughs> right, right. And that was really just uh, about two days before this happened. So, yeah, that was definitely... Um, and even afterwards. Oh, you know, definitely it, afterwards. It, yeah, but, when it really peaked. But, but, you know, he's a liar, and we just focus on the Word of God, and we see the truth. And then we can, you know, we choose the truth over the lie. And I might say also how important it is from the man's perspective and from the husband's perspective that you were her covering. And 
how devastating would it have been to Diana if you would have not supported her? This would have just been too much. Yes. She can take the onslaught of hell, the onslaught of the entire federal government, the psychiatrist. Yes. But if you would have not stood with her like you did, that would have been too much. But this just goes to show that in the Lord, how powerful the family unit is and how powerful it is when Christians come together. There is literally one can put to flight 10,000. And yeah. it's it just really appreciate the way that you reacted to this. Yes. It just really, just really awesome. Just praise God yes. for that. Yes. I'd like to share just a few of the comments so far in the chat room. Just a few. Um, Lamb says, "Be of good courage." The um, just a second. Okay. The words that were spoken will be fulfilled, and all that heard those words will be judged by them. There is nothing they can do to run from the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve mm-hmm. and from Shake and Wake and Rick and Annie they say how many would stand up in the devil's den and speak the truth to expose them not knowing if she'd end up in an Illuminati mental hospital mm-hmm. loss of job, family <laughs> mind controlled or killed for speaking out mm-hmm. and they also said what she did was very brave and we all need to continue to speak out had a lot of amens on that eleventh <laughs> hour message, and uh, when you said the haunted house, of course the haunted house was the con- Congress. Anna <laughs> and uh, Lamb, Lamb said that, and she also said, "I'm so moved right now. I'm trembling, and have tears." Mm-hmm. And Shake and Wake says, "Husbands and wives should stand up and cover each other." Hey, and that's right. the truth, and. Lamb also said, first and most important government is the marriage. And all of those comments are so true. We have such a loving, listening audience, and we just uh, always thank the Lord for them. They're with you 100%, Daniel and, and Diane, and we appreciate so much this opportunity. Right now, I think we're just going to take our first break. And I'll, little, I'd just like to say uh, one thing before we go to break is that we do thank you for your obedience and we yes. know that you have paid a personal price for what you have done it was not those lies that satan wanted to make you think would come to pass but you have paid a personal price for your obedience and we just want to say that we do thank you for that the the body of christ thanks you for that and we do stand with you and we know that the Lord does tell. So with that, we're going to take our first break this morning. So Donna, just take us out. Well, and then I do have one, one little thing to say. Um, I do, uh, I can relate to exactly what you said about the enemy causing division because David have, and I have been in a similar mode through our lives. Uh, I mean, I didn't address the House of Representatives, but there has been many times when the Lord's given me a word and David says, what, you know, and there has been some doubt there. And then sometimes the Lord has quickened it right to his spirit right away. But it was real important for Dan to be your covering. And I see this as being a major problem in most marriages because 
men are, a lot of men, Christian men too, are failing in that responsibility. Uh, they're not following what Ephesians chapter 5 says about them being uh, to their wives as Christ was to the church. And one of their bigger problems on that issue is that they don't love themselves and that's they can't properly love their wives at least that's my opinion but that is what the word of God says so with that I will switch over and take our first break well we're back with um Dan and Diane Reedy and Diane uh, in this portion of our program I'd just like for you to uh, try to recall or explain that to us about what happened uh, that day um, today in October when you gave your utterance so um, just turn it back over to you Diane and just share your heart Okay, well, um, um, as I was saying that day, um, I, I've already mentioned I, I you know, had brought my daughters to work with me and, um, uh, you know, we'd got to read some scripture. I, it was just important to me to read from the prophet Joel um, in the speaker's lobby. <laughs> but uh, I, um, after my husband picked up the girls, I... Um, I would look at my my schedule, and uh, you know I had a 6:30. I think it was a 6:30 turn, and my heart was racing and waiting for the bells to ring. The bells ring 15 minutes before, um, you know, the Congress is going to be back in session. So bells never rung. So okay, breathe a you know heavy sigh. Okay, it's not time yet. So my next turn was, um, I believe, 8:15, and so now I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be at 8:15, you know, and uh, and then. Eight o'clock comes, the bills haven't rung. So, uh, and again, I'm getting very anxious because, as I said, you know, I, I just wanted, I just wanted to to go and and just do this. You know, the anxiety was my heart racing, and um, and uh, and then sure enough, my next turn was ten o'clock that evening, and uh, the bells rung at nine fifteen. So, meaning that Congress was coming back into session at nine thirty. Uh, I usually don't go up until uh, about five minutes before my turn, um, but I went up at 9.30 uh, when they came in session, took my writer and went up because I just felt like, you know, the Lord wanted me in the, in the chamber to hear what was going on before the vote. This was just discussion before the vote. And um, so sure enough, I it was my turn to go up, and what happens is there's a, a court reporter already sitting down. so. I set my machine up and I'm ready to go and I tap the table and she stops and I start. But there was nothing for me to take down. We were in the middle of this vote. And um, again, here I am and I have no idea what God's going to do. I mean, I know this is the time and as the Lord would have it, you know, as he, as he orchestrated the timing of the vote and my, to occur during my turn, there was also what was called a procedural vote, uh, which is a, a vote on the journal. And it's a procedural vote because it's a vote that they usually 
tag on if they want to keep the members in the chamber. And it's usually because uh, the speaker has something to say to the chamber, to the members. And that's why they call it just a procedural vote. And sometimes it, you know, usually this time it didn't happen, but it was enough to keep the members there for me to, for the Lord to speak through me. And as I was sitting there, uh, about two minutes before my relief should have come, the court reporter came over to me and said, oh, I'll take you out now. And I said, you know what, can you give me about another, you know, two minutes? And my prayer was, um, Lord, please send somebody to comfort me, send somebody, because I am just terrified, you know, at this point. I just, I, I'm, and so anyway, he did, he sent a, a, a friend of mine, came up to me on the floor and she said, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I said, I do. And um, it was, that just was such a comfort to me because, um, you know, he was, he was with me and he's, you know, answering that prayer for me. And with that, uh, again, as I said, Lord, you know, I still got a little flesh here, you know, <laughs> crucify this last bit of flesh. And he did. And the next thing I know is I put my writer on the table when my uh, the court reporter came to relieve me. And I walked straight up to the dais. And again, so the Lord, because for me, I would, there's, there are two microphones, not that they would, they would have been um, amplifying, uh, but right next to where the court reporters sit. You know, I could have stood there. But no, the Lord would have him speak through me where the president speaks at that same podium. So I walked up. Uh, I do remember asking the Speaker of the House if the microphones were on. She said, I don't think so. And I turned and I just started, you know, I just um, started shouting so that the members could hear me. And all I do remember is saying, um, you know, God will not be mocked. And I, and I do remember saying, thus saith the Lord, a house divided will not stand. And, and that's all that I recall other than the uh the the people the uh the staff working there trying to whisk me off the floor and I do remember kind of digging my hands into the podium and not letting go at first um and then of course they uh their strength was more than mine and they took me away they escorted me away but I don't recall anything else that was said um on the floor of the house well, that's real honest. A lot of times I can relate to that. When the Lord gets a hold of me, I am mm-hmm. totally in his control. I yes. do not remember what all I prophesy because mm-hmm. I'm speaking the mind of the Lord at that point, just like you were. And right. so that I fully understand. And anybody who works in this particular gift would understand that as well. Uh, so... The words that we heard and the ones that I used in our uh, video, I mean, sorry, in our audio, we did an audio several months ago right after that happened. We called it the Congressional Prophecy. It's available on our archives. And in that um, audio, I did play that snippet that we played earlier when we started today. And I really didn't know at that time that it really wasn't your words uh, that were said at the podium I had searched and searched like Dan had said he did over the internet and I've never found anyone that has the words recorded that you actually said now Mm -hmm. there could be a lot of reasons for this Uh, this is maybe just the way God wants it 
but on the other hand we have been praying that if someone has the accurate recording that they would come forth and um, and reveal that to you so that we could have that and uh, just to clarify to the listeners the audio clip we played took place in the elevator right after you left the the House of Representatives microphone isn't that correct Diana Diane did Diane you, did you hear Diane? Oh, yes that that's correct okay. um, and I would say also that um, uh, that being the audio that was in the hallway afterwards again we don't know what was said on the floor and um, so somebody took that audio from the hallway right before the elevator and they put it into the video of Diane on the floor to make it sound like those were the words she said. Yes, and um, I just want to say that God has a way of getting his message out Amen. one way or the other because uh, I think, Diane, you shared with me that that was actually a continuation of what you had just uttered at the podium and then they had taken you off and escorted you to the elevator mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, Yes. And that was what you were saying at the elevator. And also, just to clarify, too, that Molly name was not a name they called you. It was the name of some lady they were trying to get rid of at the elevator uh, to get her a move. Right. It was a reporter coming off the elevator. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. When the elevator opened, they said, you know, you know, come on. What did they say? Come on, Molly. Um, she was coming out of the elevator. They were trying to get everybody off the elevator so they could get whisk me onto the elevator and away from the press. And, and you can hear it as well when when the record when the audio is when Diane's at the podium and the audio is is being played. You hear her say, "Don't touch me," but nobody's near her because again, that was what was taking place at the elevator. You can also hear the elevator ding while she's still on. <laughs> she's still at the podium. So, believe me, the uh, elevator ding isn't that loud to be heard in the chamber for everybody. <laughs> right. And so, then, again, just, uh, you know, it, it, that's deceitful, you know. I mean, to me, you know what? God speaks a word to the, the House of Representatives. They are representatives of we, the people. And um, I don't know. I just It just seems to me that the people have a right to know what is being shared. I mean, I'm not, you know, if God meant it only for them, then, you know, God's will be done. But if it's been done through deceit, you know, then that's another thing. And, you know, the people have a right to know what our God speaks to our representatives uh, in our government. That's what democracy is all about. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I'd like to say I'm constantly warning people they come to us for help a lot of times by the time they get here they've read all kinds of things and seen all kinds of things on the internet they just cannot fathom how you can doctor things up before it ever gets there and I have learned a lot because we had this word or this uh, wave pad program for our radio and I've learned how I can doctor things up and change voices and change where they're at and so someone did that really quickly to get that yes. on the air that fast. They're an expert at this uh, editing. And so I'm always warning people, you cannot believe everything you read or hear on the Internet. 
And that and the, holds so true on this aspect. Right. And the, and the thing is, is that, you know, the only time microphones are turned on is for, you know, you know, the president or this, you know, the members of Congress. So there was no audio. And I mean, on, it was only, but they were, but I was shouting uh, loud enough for the members, you know, to hear, especially the ones that were milling around. And as Danny said, at one point, there's like a, um, what did you say? Uh, there's, you can actually hear an audible. If you, if you get the audio of just the chamber mm -hmm. before they put Diane's words from the elevator in there, you can actually hear an audible gasp or re reaction to what Diane is saying. And it, it doesn't sound very positive. It sounds, <laughs> you know, like, like they've been, I don't know, insulted, insulted yeah. or, uh, you know, whatever Diane said was not received favorably. So I could see again why they would want to uh, cover that up. Well, well this shows us two things here. That which we know how deceitful and deceiving the, the press is and how big our God is to providentially use this to get the message out. Yes, and I, I want to say that on one of those videos I saw, I could faintly hear Diane um, uh, in on top of all that other stuff that was going on and the banging of the gavel and um, I believe it was that clip you sent me of the without Diane's uh, voice inserted in it, Dan. Yes. But, but I could actually hear a faint... I could hear Diane yelling, and I think the reason why they put that part in there about don't touch me is because that was about the time those men were going towards her at the podium to escort her off, and I guess they thought that was a appropriate place to put it, and that's why it made it more believable. But I am just, uh, just, well, you know, I'm really not floored by the Lord being able to do this, but isn't this just the Lord, that yes. he, he could make this come out even if it wasn't the words at the time for the video but he got some words out there and they were very powerful and we praise God for that and you know people shouldn't shorten the power of God I believe that's happened a lot uh, in a lot of Christians lives and we do want to reach out to both Christians and non-Christians on this program we try to reach out to both we want to tell them about the love of God and the power of God and yet we need to say and to express to them the judgment of God the judgment is coming but it also happens now and I have said this many times I don't understand why God hasn't just blown up America already mm, because yeah. it's so rebellious and so ungodly and I know Dan's going to address this issue later with David, that, you know, they're just not doing what they're supposed to be doing if we're truly a nation under God. And so I just praise the Lord for what he's done uh, in your life, Diane. And is there anything else you want to add about uh, what happened that day? Oh, I know um, maybe... Um, you did. You, you didn't get to tell the part about what happened when they took you away and um, they took you to the mental place. Yeah, they um, <clears throat> when they escorted me off the floor. Uh, there was a lot of uh, interviewing. Capitol Police interviewed me, um, uh, and 
they interviewed me, you know, as to what happened, why, why, why I did what I did, and um, you know, and these are people that I know as well, and you know, the Capitol Police officers, um, and I was treated just with such dignity, and I was taken to yeah, GW Hospital, where. Um, Again, I was uh, questioned by certain different nurses, and by the time the resident came in, I was exhausted. I mean, just exhausted, lack of sleep, and you know, just from you know retelling these this this story. This is a psychi- psychiatric resident, right? But also, too, they said to me, you know, um, we called your husband, and he's on his way, and 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 I was. You know, things were not, as we said, you know, we had some spiritual warfare going on there and things were a little tenuous between us. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, here he comes. And, you know, is he he's is he going to get this, you know? And um, and so when he showed up, it was very awkward. You know, um, we weren't really speaking to one another. We were just very silent. And uh, and that's when the resident uh, psychiatrist came in and uh Danny and I together, well, you can actually tell. Yeah, well, I was just kind of starting to get it. I mean, that, you know, this was a this was a God thing because, you know, the past several weeks that Diane was going through this and I was kind of watching what was going on and I knew God was dealing with her. And, you know, part of me wanted to know what was going on and and to be able to control the situation because Diane would be crying and I mean, just so emotional and there was nothing I could do and and she wasn't really sharing what was going on and so I knew that God was just dealing with her but I I was just a a bystander and a a spectator through all this so when I when I came down uh, to the hospital and saw Diane I mean up to that point uh, somebody had called me and told me what had happened and woke me up because I was supposed to go to work early the next morning and I was just like she did what and I just, you know, I couldn't understand. I, you know, all I could figure out was, you know, she flipped, you know, and uh, uh, I don't, I, I didn't see this coming, you know. And uh, so when I got down there, and again, Diane and I weren't, you know, are you okay? And you know, just very, very um, surface stuff. But yeah. you know, not, you know, well. Tell me how God, what God did to you. You know that wasn't our conversation, right? In fact, I had said to him, "You know what? Why don't you go home and I'll take a cab home from here." You know, I was just like, I just did not want to be dealing with this at that point. You know. So, so I, um, so when the when the doctor came in, he was a young man and he had a yarmulke on, and I, I was just, just kind of the Lord was just starting to kind of piece it together for me, you know, and I was like, well, thank you, Lord. I mean, here's here's a guy who at least knows half the book, you know, yeah. and uh, he was very gracious to allow me to participate in the discussion with Diane, and I was trying not to interject too much, but just let her talk to him, but I got to talk about prophecy, and I was like, come on, I mean, you're, you, you're a, a believer of the Old Testament that God uses prophets that he speaks through people. I mean, you know, it's it's throughout the Old Testament. But, you know, in their book of psychiatry, you know, they don't have a, a, a chapter on prophets. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. so he was trying to fit what took place uh, for Diane in some, you know, chapter of his book of psychiatry. Yet as a believer in God and that God does do this, at least did in the Old Testament, 
then, you know, so there was a conflict there, I believe, within him. But he was able to see that, hey, we're just normal people. You know, Diane didn't flip. She's not, uh, you know, she's not psychotic here. Um, And uh, but so that's what took place at, at the hospital. And he released me actually with a diagnosis of religious experience uh, slash anxiety, which was, you know, the correct diagnosis for him to give me. It was a religious experience. It was just, you know, it was a God time. And, and yes, I had a lot of anxiety, but I was instructed to go see um, my, uh, my doctor and get a referral for a psychiatrist to get, you know, another opinion. Um, so 12 hours later, when I went to my doctor, um, he he came in with the report and he said, well, the diagnosis on this report says uh, psychosis. The report from George Washington University Hospital. Right. So, uh, so and I, you know, it's like psychosis. I mean, I was just flabbergasted. And I said, you know, that's not what it said 12 hours ago. It was, you know, religious experience, anxiety. So anyway, um, you know, he was, I ended up, the next psychiatrist that I went to, you know, was, uh, we, we didn't hit it off, let me just say. And when he asked me, when he started asking me questions, he'd interrupt me. And he's, you know, basically after 20 minutes, he just said to me, you know, you have, uh, bipolar manic, you know, and, uh, and anyway, it was just ridiculous, you know, and wanted to put me on, you know, prescription meds for, uh, manic depression. Um, and speaking so, of that, I believe you shared with me a little something, if you want to share that, about sure. what they forced you to do there. What they forced me to do, to have at the hospital. Yeah, so I, I actually did, you know, with um, my, my mother actually was very um, concerned and wanted me to, I agreed to go check, get checked out at the hospital just so that she would see that I was fine. And uh, I, so I did agree to a voluntary, you know, commitment. And, uh, yes, yeah, so he was the doctor that said, you know, I had bipolar manic, and I refused to take the medication. Um, so they, I, I actually told the nurses they were going to have to get some security guards to hold me down to administer this uh, medication um, uh, because I wouldn't take it orally. And anyway, so that's what happened, and uh, they administered, through a needle, they administered this medication to me, and uh, then declared me um, uh, committed because I refused the medication. So uh, three days later, the day before I was about to have my commitment hearing for an extra 30 days, um, the doctor came back and after reading the reports for over the weekend and realizing that I was sleeping through the night and not doing cartwheels through, you know, through the uh, through the hospital halls, that uh, <laughs> I was not I was not um, bipolar manic. I was now delusional. So, I mean, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I, I had to, you know, each time I would, I would half laughing to myself and the other half on my knees and in the word because, you know, it was like, Lord, this is like, you know, this is ridiculous, you know. Um, but I have to say, I, I, I was at peace. I just said, Lord, you know what, if you're going to have me here for 30 more days, the food is good. I'm getting a lot of rest. I'm meeting some new friends. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm actually witnessing to people. I can help out with the recreation therapy, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm good for whatever. Uh, and so sure enough, they took me for my, to my hearing, my commitment hearing in shackles and handcuffs. And, uh, we got to the hearing room and the judge had dismissed the case after reading the reports from, from the staff, but 
Yeah, so that was what I basically went through. Um, and I'm sure the- during this time, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just know during this time you found out who your real friends were and your uh, doctor maybe wasn't quite along with the program, uh, if you want to share a little about that. Well, you know, I have to say, uh, the Lord surrounded me with Christian, um, there were Christian counselors there. In fact, the three report writers were the ones that wrote the reports that were uh, going against what the doctor said. Um, although one of the doctors, um, uh, actually a psychologist, you know, he had said, I'm really on the fence about this because he said, I'm a believer. And, you know, I know, you know, that these things happen in the Old Testament, you know, he said, but... Um, you know, I'm also, I also have to look at this through, you know, a psychological eye, you know, psychiatric evaluation, you know, and uh, he and he had said to me too, he said, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to say in the report, you know, and I said, that's okay, you know, you're doing your job. I just had total peace throughout the whole insane situation. I, I just had peace. Um, you know, like I said, I, 30 more days, what have you, you know, I the Lord's with me in here. He was so with me in there, um, even with the patients, you know. I mean, I just just had such a, a love for the patients, my roommate, you know. It was just God was so present there. And and I thought, you know what? These are the people, like, these are the people that the Lord wants me to reach out to as well while I'm here, you know. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, wherever I, let him use me wherever I'm at, you know. But, um yeah, I did have the one, the, the, um, the, you know, the doctor was the one who was just very difficult and, you know, totally ready to have me committed. Well, and, you know, I just posted the scripture, which is one of my favorite ones in Colossians 3 and 15. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which ye also are called in one body and be ye thankful. Uh, a lot of times we become overwhelmed with the we become overwhelmed with the circumstances of life and we really forget this that we have a choice to let the peace of God rule our hearts and right. I think that's a lesson that you had to have through this whole episode right, right. that you've gone through and I'm thinking that our listeners by now are understanding that you and Dan are just a common little family here that's been trying to work for a living and do the will of God. I mean, you have two beautiful daughters, which I was fortunate to meet over Skype the other day, cute as a button, Mm -hmm. and you have had some trials and tribulations in your own life, uh, but yet life goes on, and that's what you've been doing all this time is just trying to continue to find out what the Lord wants you to do with your life. And so right now we're at the top of the hour and we're going to take a very short break with another song. And then David's going to come back with Dan and discuss that and some other issues that were on David's heart. And then the last half an hour, we will be taking your questions and answering them. I have been collecting them and uh, I will be uh, printing those out so David could deal with them in the last part of the program. So I guess right now we'll just take our break at the top of the hour. So anybody needs to take their um, potty breaks, get them some more coffee, uh, wet your whistle, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes here. 
been duplicated, never replicated. You're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network. Welcome back to hour number two of the March 16th, 2014 edition of FOJC Radio Church. We just want to say how thankful we are to have each and every one of you joining us this morning, as we always are, and how thankful we are to have Diane and Daniel Reedy with us this morning. We're enjoying so much, as I'm sure you are, being able to talk to them about the things that transpired and what those things meant and uh, I just want Daniel now to take this opportunity to share something that you shared with me Daniel and that you talked about in your video about things that you believe the Lord wanted you to say to the nation um, yes, uh, as right after this occurred, it was um, it was kind of heavy on my heart that uh, that God had something more to say, and uh, I've never given a word of prophecy. I've never said, "Thus saith the Lord." Before I consider that to be a very heavy thing to say, um, but I, on the other hand, uh, um, Certainly appearing, or certainly, um, what is the term I want to use? I, uh, I am willing to be wrong on this, but um, I believe that the Lord put on my heart to say to the government, which would be the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch, our government, and our democratic government, uh, that he would say personally, abide by my laws or live by my laws and then legislatively legislate by my laws or strike my name from your assembly halls amen that the the term in god we trust 
over the speaker's podium where the president speaks and all our laws are legislated um, is a mockery to God uh, if, if we don't live by his laws. That's so true, and it's even come to the point that the God they trust in is not the God of the Bible. And would it be fair to say, Daniel, that you and Diane don't know a lot about Freemasonry? Would it be fair to say that? I'm sorry, I, I, I lost you there just for a second. That it would be fair to say about what? what would it be fair to say that you and Diane don't know a lot about Freemasonry? Uh, yes, it would. Yeah. Um, actually, right after this happened, I gave a, a radio interview where I said I was unaware of Diane even knowing about Freemasonry. We, we haven't ever really discussed it or anything, but what she told me afterwards that in this time leading up to this prophecy, what had taken place... She was doing a lot of internet research and coming up with a, a lot of, or coming up with some stuff on uh, Freemasonry, the Illuminati, you know, in the music industry and, and other things as well. So I, I probably misspoke when I said that, not knowing that she had done some research. And, and my background is uh, in ministry and, you know, I have done some cult studies and that sort of thing, but... I wouldn't hold myself, or neither of us would hold ourselves to be uh, experts in Freemasonry in the least, I would say. And I, uh, to me, one of the most beautiful and powerful things about this whole episode is that what we have here is a gift of the Holy Ghost in operation. This is how the gifts of the Holy Ghost are supposed to work. And we certainly have a multitude of bad examples of this. But the way God does things, he will bring forth things out of the prophet and out of the prophetess that they don't even fully understand themselves. And through that act of obedience, God brings forth things that he wants to bring forth. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we have about this situation. No, I, I totally agree. In fact, um, uh, the Lord speaks in Second Peter one uh, twenty one for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, to ask the prophet for uh, an interpretation of what God said, uh, it, you know, it's like... It's like, you know, I just re read you an email of something that somebody wrote from them to you, and I'm just the reader, you know, kind of along that line. Right. So uh, so it's it's not, it doesn't have its origin in the will of man. It's, it's God is speaking through Diane uh, in this case, and uh, she doesn't have to know all the, uh, all the details to be obedient to the Lord, to what he wants her to share. And th there was one time when the prophet Daniel, yeah, he said, I, I don't understand. And he was so overwhelmed, he became physically sick after delivering a prophecy. And I'm, I'm sure you all have had some similar experiences to that. But there is a historical precedent for what 
Diane did. And this is not the first time that a prophet has stood up and raised the issue of Freemasonry in our country. And in the 1830s, there was a man by the name of Charles Finney, and he made an issue out of Freemasonry. He said he, he, he made, there were two subjects that Finney made an issue of. He would not serve communion to anybody that was a slave owner. He says, if you own another human being or you think you have the right to, I'm not going to serve you communion. And he made an issue out of Freemasonry. He said that anyone that took a Masonic oath had no right to hold any kind of a government office. And I would just like to take a moment to read his own words, how he said, and I, and I think this is what God's heart really is. It's repentance and revival. He brings forth a prophetic word to bring people to repentance, to bring about revival and change. And I want to read Mr. Finney's words for you, Dan, and I'd like you to comment on them. And this is from his book, uh, The Character Claims and Practical Workings of Freemasonry. And he attributes the revival that was called the Second Great Awakening to repentance on the issue of Freemasonry. But here are his words. He says, The murder of William Morgan and the publication of Masonry consequent thereupon in the books I have named broke upon the churches fast asleep on the subject like a clap of thunder from a clear sky. The facts were such, the revelations were so clear, that the Baptist denomination backed down and took the lead in renouncing and denouncing the institution. Their elders and associated churches almost universally passed resolutions disfellowshipping adhering Masons. Now it is worthy of all consideration and remembrance that God set the seal of, of his approbation upon this action taken by those churches at that time by pouring out his spirit upon them. Great revivals immediately followed over that whole region. The discussion of the subject and the action of the churches took place in 1827, 8, and 9, and 30. The greatest revival spread over this region that had ever been known in this or any other country. Wow. And God wants repentance. And I, I am sure that when the issue of Freemasonry came up, that you were immediately a conspiratorial wacko. Have you heard that one? Um, yeah, I think so. You know, when you hear when you hear the Freemasonry or Illuminati, I mean, you know, you're you're immediately cast into one of two groups. You know, um, believers or non-believers, I guess it would be. But um, you know, uh, it's true, David. You know, it points to the to the issue of repentance, just as we saw the uh, the the prophet Jonah uh, go to Nineveh and a whole nation um, repent and turn to God and turn from their evil ways. You know, God offers that same thing up today, but we have to give up these these. Uh, we put people in power that are anti-God, anti-Christ, and, um, you know, anti-church, uh, and uh, uh, 
that belong to these secret societies, and it's just, uh, and we wonder why we don't have the blessing of God on our nation, you know, when when the very foundation of our nation is is uh, is seeded by by this sort of rebellion of the heart. And I am just so overwhelmed that God has intervened through a reluctant prophet to once again raise the issue of Freemasonry. And there is, uh, and this is something that we have studied intently for years, and we have a large Masonic library, and we, we always say... I do not hate Freemasons, but I hate Freemasonry, as the Bible instructs us to hate every false way. But there is a hidden hand behind the problems in our government, and there is also a hidden hand behind the problems in the church. And this hidden hand is Freemasonry. And it is something that people want to ignore they, they don't want to look at it. But it just seems as though God wants to bring it up once again, that it's not going away, that idolatry is still a problem. And we've come to the place where we're, we no longer are sure if uh, homosexuality is wrong or if abortion is wrong or if idolatry is even wrong. And it's at these times when God will raise up a prophet to speak clearly through the Holy Spirit to the conscience of a nation and the conscience of a church to say, Thus saith the Lord, it's time to repent and come back to me. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, it's His mercy. I mean, new generations, new people, same old deception, same old devil, you know. I mean... It's his mercy that reaches out to generation upon generation and his loving hand to try to draw us back into into his truth, you know, the truth, and uh, onto that narrow path from those uh, multiple broad roads uh, or ways that will lead us into, into destruction and separation from him eternally. I mean... It's the love of the Lord is so incredible to reach out and 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 bring truth uh, it, to these errors and these lies. And it, it's such an encouraging thing to know that God does care about our nation enough to still send a prophet. And mm-hmm. as Donna shared earlier, it, it's it's really a wonder the things that we've done that God hasn't brought judgment upon us already. So we just have to thank the Lord this morning for his uh, mercy and his grace. you have something, Donna? Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, we've been researching Freemasonry since 1984, and uh, most of our followers here are well aware of this. Um, Dan and Diane really didn't know who we were until after we just got acquainted recently not that we're anything special but they didn't realize how much research that we had done in Freemasonry but what I'd like to say is you know we've written 
several books that we've tried to use to wake up the church to educate them we have one book we call the um, uh, ministry to masons uh, book it's a the guide for ministry to masons where we promote uh, the King James Bible refutation against what masonry quotes uh, what they use at their rituals and it's very easy to use anybody can use it for ministry when you try to reach these people and uh, and other things we've written to expose their connections to the occult which we've done we've got lots of DVDs that we offer because it is what David said the problem is in the church in so many times men and women in the church they sit there and whether it be Freemasonry homosexuality homosexuality abortion uh, gossip uh, adultery there's so many different issues you never hear this anymore you don't even hear the R word anymore the repentance word they don't speak of this in churches anymore uh, and then they brag about not speaking of it they say we're okay and one of the latest teachings around is that you know once you're saved all your sins are forgiven past present and future and of course that's not true because we have to still ask for forgiveness then we are made righteous by what Jesus has done on the cross but the church they're just sitting there in their ignorance and they truly are ignorant a lot of them have no idea what Freemasonry is and they it has tainted the churches because almost every denomination has got Masons in there and Freemasonry is technically a sexual cult so you have all these supposedly the good old boys right there in your churches putting all the money in the uh, you know in the pot and that's why they want to keep them there and then they lay hands on people and that sexual spirit can be transferred from one person to the other and that's one of the reasons why the churches are in such a mess nowadays they truly have become apostate and of course many people uh, hate the idea of the 501c3 churches because that they're clamped down on and not allowed to say what they'd like to say about uh, government and we know that there is a fine line in there but the fear has been put in a lot of these churches that they don't say anything about anything controversial so it is a matter of control and that's the way they want to keep the churches and one of the things you have to do when you sign up for a 501c3 federal uh, signing up you have to the first thing that they do is they want to file a paper where they determine and that's what it's called a determination letter whether or not they think you're a church or not well they have no right to tell us whether we're a church or not so I guess I better get off my soapbox here there you go. and give it back to David. But I'm just I'm, well. That's good preaching anyway. Well, so you know, I get on that preaching. soapbox every once in a while. But we've so. got just a few minutes here leading up to our last break, and then we're going to take some questions from uh, our listeners. But Daniel, take this time to clarify or set straight. I know there's been all kinds of things that have been incorrect and uh, mis conceptions and the press and but it 
just take this time to correct any misunderstandings or misrepresentations that you all have been subjected to. Oh, and we want you to tell about your video and your contact info too, Absolutely. Dan. Absolutely. And I'll post uh, it in the chat. Okay, okay. Um, right after this happened, uh, uh, we got barraged by media. And I don't say barrage like, you know, there's 50 uh, paparazzi outside our door or anything, but... For us, it was barraged, um, you know, being uh, that that we have never dealt with the media before. But one individual actually came to our door, and I invited him in. This was the morning after, and uh, I was just fired up, and I just wanted to. Um, uh, this younger man sat down, and he was a print journalist, and uh, I spoke to him for about forty-five minutes, and he didn't have a lot of questions. I basically spoke and. They, uh, with his background, he knew, you know, he knew the Bible, and so I explained how the Holy Spirit was operating, and I explained salvation. I mean, um, I just really poured it out, and uh, he went out and wrote, um, and and he just, it's like he had already written his piece before he even came here. He took nothing really of what I said, and what I did, and you know. If I said, you know, well, yeah, sure, Diane was tired. I mean, everybody was tired. It was, it was a long, it was a long process leading up to this vote. You know, he, he said something to the effect of, um, Diane Reedy's husband says it happened because she was tired, you know? I mean, basically taking everything out of context and it was just so disheartening, you know, and, uh, but it was my first experience with the press as well. So I just want to set the record straight. Uh, you know, if Diane was tired, she was tired. But this was the way they operated all the time. I mean, they they burned the late night oil. You know, they uh, when, when they had to do work, they did their work. And that was everybody, all the uh, the whole staff there, you know. So um, this wasn't a result at all of of uh, Diane being tired as I explained to this young man this was a result of the Holy Spirit speaking through her as we've been talking about so um, it was just it was just sad that uh, to be deceived in such a way after it, it reminds me of, of of God's word that says don't cast your pearl before swine you know I mean um, I, I just shared the, the love and the mercy of God and and it's the salvation of the Lord and how, how the Holy Spirit operates with this young man. And uh, none of that made this story, you know, this supposed interview. And it was all just it was all just negative and it was wrong. So um, that was unfortunate. So it's been about four months and obviously it's it's today. long four months today. Yeah. And uh, it's long since passed. But we just felt that, you know, with uh, getting in touch with the. Uh, David and Donna here, and also uh, we made a, a short video that we put up on YouTube that uh, we'd be happy, uh, David and Donna, if you could put that out there, that information. And we also have a couple of email addresses. We'd be happy to uh, talk to anyone about anything. You know, we're uh, uh, we're grateful to be used by the Lord. We're we're kind of piecing things back together afterwards. We've taken a financial hit from this, but. Uh, um, as I said to Diane, you know, I'd rather trust in, in the God of the universe than the government of a $17 trillion debt, you know. So uh, we're in the almighty God's hand, and we're grateful and thankful for that. 
and we are just so grateful and thankful for both of you and we are going and Donna's already got all on there the contact information and the video where they can watch the video right from our website and I know that so many of our listeners would just enjoy being able to respond and communicate with you and you know it's just terrible that it's really not about truth anymore whether uh, you know when you hear politicians talk you know they're lying and the same is often true for people in the pulpit they're not going to tell you the real truth and certainly the way the media is my goodness it's, it's horrible and the good news is people are figuring that out and that's why we're here this morning that's why people like Rick and Annie are doing what they're doing over at American Voice Radio because there needs to be people that just want the truth not to misrepresent or spin but just have the truth and there are people out there like it but sad to say that the media is not that venue anymore but with that we're going to take our final break and after our final break we're going to be having some questions for you and Diane from our listeners so we're going to take our final break and we will be right back on our for our final leg of FOJC Radio Church we'll be right back Here this morning, Calvary is truly the reason why that Diane did what she did. And we're just so thankful for the Lord this morning. And I want to give a shout out this morning to Laura, a new local listener. Glad to have you with us this morning, Laura. And I also want to give a shout out to the Blue Raven, that mysterious foe of the New World Order. And we're so thankful for our the Blue Raven's support and his promotion of our program this morning. And we're just so thankful for all of you that are here this morning listening to what transpired that I think was, I know that immediately when I heard it, and I think this is true for those of God's people that have the Holy Spirit within them, that there was a quickening that this was something that was from God. But we have some questions here uh, from our listeners, and we're just going to put those to you. And um, we have a question here from Rick and Annie from the Shake and Wake radio program, and, and they would ask you, did they threaten her or family if she repeated such? I'm sorry, what was the last part? Did they threaten did they threaten her or family if she repeated such? No, no, not at all, no. In fact, I never heard anything um, really from the government uh, until they called to tell me I was terminated. Okay. In December. Okay. Well, we certainly thank the Lord for that. Um, I would add, you know, I would just add, I mean... You know, this was portrayed as a, uh, you know, Diane flipped out as a result of being overworked, you know, but 
there was actually no concern voiced for her by any of her any of her bosses or anything, you know. I mean, it's just kind of if if you overwork an employee and they have a breakdown in front of you, you know, you just put them on administrative leave and not even a phone call. And the next phone call we get is that, you know, you've lost your job. I mean, that in itself, the whole way they handle that is is real suspect as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a question here from the Lambs. What do you feel about the Constitution in light of Romans 13, even though the Constitution was drafted by some Freemasons? Well, uh, I'm afraid I'd have to do a little bit of research before I answered that okay. one. Okay. Um, again, you know, when what Diane spoke, you know, was from the Lord. We're not experts on Masons or the Constitution, you know, and uh, we just love the Lord and and uh, um, don't try to put ourselves out to be uh, what we're not. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a very good question. It's just a kind of above. Our pay grade at this point. <laughs> it's thirteen well, I, and one. And I and I tell you what, that's what I appreciate about you all so much is that you're just obedient to God and you're you're not trying to make yourselves out to be uh, anything that you're not. And we just really appreciate that. And that comes through so powerfully and that's what just makes the whole situation uh, so beautiful and so powerful. I believe maybe they're asking the question about Romans 13, 1 and 2, where it says, Let every soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And, yeah, and, awesome question for yeah, all and, of us And to we consider. certainly know that the ultimate powers are those of the Lord that we need to, to be obedient to. And, you know, the, the message that uh, you all are putting forth is not one of insurrection or revolution, but it's one of repentance and, and returning back to the Lord. Uh, another question here is what kind of jobs do you both now have? Well, um, I am actually working as a freelance reporter in the D.C. Um, area, um, but very sporadic. Um, it's it's self-employment. It's uh, basically what I did when I first you know, got out of school. Um, there's, you know, no benefits, no... Um, it's it's very um, unpredictable. And I might add too that um, just like any uh, niche uh, uh, career, uh, the the court reporting industry is a very small, close knit community. And uh, what what Diane experienced, you know, really rocked that world. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there who didn't know about it within that community. And as a result, locally, she's not getting a lot of calls uh, that she was getting before. So there's not a, a lot of uh, places that want to use her um, right now. But, um, 
you know, I just encourage her that, you know, she stood up and spoke the words of the Lord, and uh, he's our, he's the one who's going to uh, meet every single one of our needs. Absolutely. And this question is for Diana, or Diane, I guess, and I keep saying Diana, but Diane. <laughs> it's okay. What do you think, and this is a very good question, what do you think God's purpose was for your message? Um, you know, I, I, I really don't, I don't know, and that's what I have, you know, um, a hard time with, you know. I wish I could be succinct and say, you know, well, I think it was this. Um, I, I believe the beginning part of it was to the members of Congress um, because, I mean, this is the podium that, this is the platform that he gave me, and um, I had a relationship with many of those members of Congress, a very good relationship with many of those members of Congress. Um, in my position on the floor there, I, you know, got to know uh, a great, a great many of them over the years. So, um, you know, uh, I believe, you know, that the purpose and the reason why there is no audio is because I, I think that message was for the members uh, of Congress, uh, the part that there is no message for. Um, and the rest, um, the purpose, you know, to awaken our nation, to... Um, uh, to stand in solidarity with the believers, I, you know, I've heard from uh, multiple people who have written to me um, and written to us uh, together that you know people were praying, uh, fervently praying that God would do something, you know, you know that evening during this vote, you know, when so much rested on the result of the outcome of that vote, and then you know, of course, having the uh, the debt ceiling lifted, um, you know. Uh, for a you know a period of time, uh, just you know, I think even just to maybe even you know appease the, the fear you know like that you know that that people were having just the uncertainty in our country, but that you know what God I think the the main purpose is God is God is still speaking and and God is still in charge and um and we're and we're in his in his hands you know but there is that. That warning, that forewarning, that you know, that call to repentance, and um, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, those are just my thoughts. You know, and I guess time will tell. Um, you know, um, what the purpose was, but I think I believe it was multi-purpose. I think so. So many people that have written have said, you know, you know, they were encouraged in their faith. You know, I, I mean, there's just, um, you know, different responses. I don't know if that's a convoluted way to answer the no, question. No, I think that's a that's very good way. And our, like, like the prophet said, that his ways are so much higher than ours. That Correct. We don't know. We, we know certainly there was that element of warning. God will not be mocked. And I think this is the thing that really resonated in people's minds. And to say that on the floor of the House of Representatives in the situation that you said it that needs no interpretation that has its own that will preach that will preach as they say right there that warning that needed to be said to those individuals there that God will certainly not be mocked and I would Donna I would like you to share the story we received this week I know it'll be an encouragement to you from the 
the lady in New York? Oh, that um, <clears throat> I did share that with Diane in, okay, a, well, share it in an email. Uh, but I have a friend, uh, and her name is Frankie, and she's a therapist for uh, children up in New York, um, near Long Island. And she um, was sharing with me, she was so excited when she found out, I'm sure she's listening today, or will be to the rerun or in the archives. She was so excited because she actually had an experience where she was talking to a man just randomly as she does and she tries to share the love of the Lord. She's a uh, a Jewish Christian, a uh, sort of a Messianic Jew, but she uh, believes in the Lord and she shares the Lord with everyone. She was speaking with this man and they had just heard about Diane's utterance to the House of Representatives and as she was sharing with this man and they were talking about the state of the world and then all of a sudden uh, well at that point my friend Frankie mentioned the Freemasons and he his ears perked up and he says well I'm a Mason what's wrong with that and so Frankie began to share with him about the dangers in Freemasonry and then we ended up um, getting some info to him and he actually got out of Freemasonry praise God for that we got another one out but it was just this chain of events the fact that she was speaking about what happened that what Diane uttered and what happened there led to her to talk to this man about Freemasonry and I mean see you never know who God's going to use or how God's going to use them but right. that was just such a blessing to find out that that happened and we've had when we did our program on the Congressional Prophecy, uh, thanks to uh, Blue Raven, he's gotten it out all over the place. Plus, just our listeners. I mean, we've had people in Canada and Australia and different parts of the world, Great Britain, uh, and then as uh, well as our people in the United States. And we've had lots and lots of comments on this. It's just been a, it was really a dynamic program, even if I didn't have the clip just right <laughs> at least like I said God has his way of getting the message out but just praise God for that and thank you so much for being our guest today uh, I did have the link to your video directly under the chat room uh, I will uh, give your email addresses out now but uh, I would like for you to tell me uh, or to say over the air for those that aren't looking at the chat room uh, maybe you could give the real address for your video um, but the emails for uh, Dan and Diane and these are for questions and comments and encouragement um, <clears throat> is 58 uh, r-e-i-d-y 65 at gmail.com or they have another one d Five eight R E I D Y sixty five at yahoo dot com. So I had posted those in the chat earlier, but if you have a question, you can contact me later, and I'll give it to you. And Dan, did you have the direct address for your? Um, uh, I do. H hang on just a second. Let me let me check okay. it down here. And uh, David, did you have anything else you want to add? Well. Dan's looking for that. No, I just want to say that we really appreciate 
Diane and Daniel being on with us, and I know our listeners do too, and we're just so blessed to be able to share with our listeners in the whole world that which God is saying. And um, it is a word of warning, it's a word of repentance, and it's a word of hope. And we're just so thankful to be able to share that, share God's heart this morning. And this uh, video that uh, Dan and Diane made are just brand new. They just did it. It's just a just a sit down, homey video with them talking to you, and just trying to set the record straight. Several things that they have said on our interview today, and um, but they really did a good job in in getting the truth out and the way they presented it. So. Uh, you got that ready yet, Dan? Yeah, uh, okay. Donna. Let me say this: if if somebody wants to email us, and you have the link also on yours, it's uh, I just you know it's got a lot of dots and mm-hmm. dashes and stuff, and uh, uh, I'd be happy to email the link to anybody if okay. they uh, send it at one of those addresses. Yeah, well, I do have it posted on the chat, so if you'd rather just do it that way, that's fine too. So let me let me repeat those emails one more time. Like I said, there's several people that listen to us that don't get in the chat. Today we've had, oh, anyways, from 12 to 14 people in the chat that we can see. But as we've known from the past, there's many that we can't see that are still in there from different networks and different parts of the world. And then when we get our stats uh, monthly, it tells us how many people all over the world are listening. So that's how we know we have other listeners in different countries. But those uh, contact emails for Dan and Diane Reedy are 58reidy65 at gmail.com or d58reidy65 at yahoo.com and if you'll contact them they will send you the direct link to the video or like I said it's posted right directly under the chat room I guess if all hearts are clear uh, we can close a little early today this has just been a great interview and we just praise the Lord I'll have it edited and uploaded as soon as I can after the program uh, and it will be replaying, but it'll probably take me about a half an hour for that. Um, as we end, we'll be using our closing music. And Dan and Diane, if you'll just hang on for a little bit, uh, we'll chat with you a little bit afterwards and on it, Skype. Is there anything that you all would like to say before we close? Yeah. Anything at all you'd like to share? We're just grateful for this opportunity and um, just really feel that the Lord just brought us all together and um, just thank you so much for your hearts, for your ministry and for just your heart to um, have us share the story as well. We're just very appreciative and just blessed to be on your program. Yeah, we do want to thank you, uh, David and Donna and and everybody who's listening. You know, we're just we're just all uh, members of the body, you know, fellow believers who Look forward in anticipation to greeting and spending eternity together and with our uh, precious God and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we're we're thankful um, for this time and um, 
we look forward in anticipation to all that God's going to do in the future as uh, as he eventually brings us home together. Amen. We know that the Lord is not done in this situation, and we are just looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. So let's just close out with a word of prayer. Uh, thanks to everybody once again. Pray with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for your word that's gone forth. And Father, we just pray that you give us a heart for revival, that you give us a heart for repentance, that we will speak forth your word in love, that will stir the hearts of men and women to turn back to you once again. And Father, we just humbly thank you for your love and concern for us and our nation. And we want to give you the praise for everything good that happens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will see you all next week on FOJC Radio Church. God bless you all. Often duplicated, never replicated. You're listening to the all-new KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network. KBLU Radio Network, Blue Raven Network, visit our website at www.oneblueraven.weebly.com. Often duplicated, but never replicated.